slain before the foundation of the world. Lord, you knew that we were going to mess up, but you provided a Savior even before we messed up. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being here today. We just lift our voices in one accord and thank you in advance for everything that's going to take place today. We magnify you and glorify you. There's none like you. None like you, Lord. We're so thankful, so grateful for everything you've done for us, Lord. But we're not satisfied because we know that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power, according to your faith and love that resides on the inside of us. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you in Jesus' precious name. And all the saints said, Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about what I believe is one of the most important things that I've learned. One of the things that, that's kept me all these years. Uh, I talked a little bit last night about praying in other tongues. But the Word of God is is so powerful in our lives. And when we put the Word of God first place, uh, it changes everything. But most Christians, our problem is right between our ears. 
our mind. You know, Romans 12, 2, he's, Paul didn't say, uh, remove your mind. He said, renew your mind. So let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. It says, uh, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, what's his will? You've got a copy of it, either in paper form or electronic form right there in your hands. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, well, you just never know. Just never know. You never know. No, what's the Bible say? He hears us. He hears us. You know, bless their hearts. I wish some preachers would read the Bible. You just never know what God's going to do. Well, read your Bible and find out what God will do. He said, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will or his word, he hears us. He hears us. Now, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, of course. But he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions or the things that we've asked him according to his will, according to his word. We know that we have those things. Confident. So John wrote that, but he also wrote 3 John 3. So let's look at that. 3 John 3, 2. Third John 3, verse 2. He said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. How many is all things? Everything. Everything you put your hands to will prosper. That's what the Bible says. But you've got to say that. That's got to be a mindset. Everything I do. See, if you're following the Bible, and if you're following the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's going to lead you in line with the Word of God. Amen. I got one amen. I said the Holy Spirit will lead you in line with the Word of God. Yes, you know, He's not going to tell a married guy to look across the sanctuary and pick out another woman and, and choose that woman when he's already married. You know, that's, that's a stupid devil that'd say stuff like that. Anyway, the Holy Spirit will always lead you in line with the Word of God. And he said, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Like I said, your soul prospering is going to be the motivating factor of whether you're prospering or being in health. And those, those are two definite things that God wants us, God wants us to be wealthy, healthy, and wise, but the devil wants us to be poor, sick, and stupid. So go to John 10.10, we'll see that. Now remember, I'm going to remind you what 3 John 2 says. He said, Beloved, I pray in all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. But John 10.10, talking about the devil, the thief, the liar, you know, Jesus called him a liar. Just think about it. If the devil tells you you're not going to get your healing, guess what? You already got it. You're not going to get it. You already got it. But the devil, the thief comes only to do three things. Kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Well, abundant life is not being sick. Right? Abundant life is not being poor. 
And if Jesus came to give us abundant life, well, of course he came to give us salvation. Uh, you know, so that, and salvation, well, I don't have time to get into that, but it's a package deal. And prosperity and health is part of that package. Because he bore stripes on his back for our healing. He became poor that we through his poverty would be made rich. Amen. So anyway, it's the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life. So if you look at 3 John 2 and John 10, 10, you can see the perfect will of God and you can see the perfect will of the devil. God wants us to be wealthy, healthy, and wise. You can't be wise without your soul prospering, without you renewing your mind. You've got to put God's word in your mind. You've got to brainwash yourself. That's right. I had to brainwash myself. I mean, you know, most of you already heard, I was a drug dealer and a drug addict for 13 years of wild and crazy. And I had to do something with this thing between my ears. Because I thought certain ways. I had certain patterns of the way I thought. And I had to change that. Thank God I got gloriously saved, I got gloriously healed, I got gloriously delivered from drugs. I mean, I didn't have to go back to a drug rehabilitation program. As a matter of fact, they told me there was no help for me. But where the world says there's no help, God is our help. Yeah. Amen. And I mean, instantly delivered. No uh, uh, cravings, no withdrawals. I mean, it was just cold turkey and I was free. Glory to God. But uh, the devil, you know, he doesn't like us to be that way. See, because if we're healthy and we're prosperous, then it's easier for us to go and obey God. Amen? And God's will is for all to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. God's will is for everyone to prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. We begin to renew our mind. But the devil, he wants us sick, poor, and sorry. Because if you're sick, you're hindered in preaching the gospel. If you're poor, you don't have money to give toward the gospel. And if your mind is demented, nobody wants to be around you anyway. Yeah? But, you know, after I got saved... And God did those wonderful things to me. I was so on fire and I went around all my drug dealer friends and, and dopey friends and the, finally that one of them told my mama said, we wish Larry would just not come around us anymore. All he wants to do is talk about Jesus. So they weren't ready to receive what I had received, but I just thought God had did such a wonderful thing for me. I just thought all of them wanted to have what I had, but they still wanted to have what they had. But thank God, I got set free and I was able to help some of them. And my brother being one of them. You know, Angela mentioned last night that I was the first one to get saved. And then my dad and then my brother. And my mama was the hardest case. But my brother, because I wanted my brother to the Lord, my brother wanted my mother to the Lord. Thank God. But God wants us to be wealthy, healthy, and wise but the devil wants us to be sick, poor, and sorry. What do you want? What do you want? Well, see, the main pivotal thing of this thing, whole thing is 3 John 2. He said, Beloved, I pray, 
in all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. As your soul prospers. As you do something with this thing between your ears. That has to change. And people that don't change their mind, they're going to stay baby Christians all their life. Because they're always going to think the way they've always thought. Now, you know, there's even some religious stinking thinking we have to get rid of. Come on. You know, some people say, once saved, always saved. No! You've got a choice every day of your life to walk with the Lord. Because, you know, I, I got born again. I know I got born again. When I was about 12 or 13 years old, and I started messing around with the wrong crowd and got involved in doing drugs and alcohol and that whole lifestyle. And for 13 years, I I was walking willfully, walking away from the Lord. But thank God, God sent somebody just like you across my path and showed me what the truth of God's Word says. And when I saw the goodness of God, it's because the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. Because I worked with a guy, and he just kept telling me all the time, you're going to die and go to hell. You're a See, because if you put the Word of God in your mouth, you're doing two things. You're renewing your mind and you're building faith in your heart. Because it's it's just like when we went to Poland and went to the Czech Republic. It took us a while to begin to learn those languages. We had to have an interpreter. To, and we still, when we preach, we we use interpreter. And uh, but then that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He will interpret the Word of God. He will help us because Jesus said, "When He comes, He will lead and guide you in all truth. He'll show you things to come, and He'll bring all things to my remembrance which I've said." Thank God! What a wonderful helper! But you put the Word of God in your mouth, and it begins to change what's up here. Well, I, uh, you know, if I didn't have any bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. I used to say that, and I used to think that. And I used to have that. But thank God I don't have that anymore because I learned not to talk that way anymore. I learned not to allow my, my, myself to think that way anymore. First Thessalonians 5.23. I want to show you the three parts of man. He says, First Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, set you apart completely. That's what the word sanctified means. And may your whole, watch this, your spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit, you live in a body, and you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. He said, I want you to be set apart completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here clearly we see spirit, soul, and body. Let's look at Hebrews 4.12. It'll say the same thing. You know, God's Word... We can find numerous scriptures saying the very same thing. Why? Because God wants us to know that we know 
that something is true. If somebody comes to you and they've only got one scripture and try to make a point and they got no other scripture, that's not right. And some people are good at twisting things, just like CNN. You know, they're good at twisting things. But we're not going to listen to that lying devil, are we? I don't like to listen to Communist News Network myself. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and moral, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So here again we see that three parts of man. He says spirit, he says soul, spirit, and what's the joints and the moral? That's the body. So once again, we see spirit, soul, and body. Romans 12.1. See the same thing. Romans 12.1. He says, I beseech you, brethren. I beg with, of you, brethren. Therefore, uh, by the mercies of God, that you, the real you, the spirit man, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Now, I don't know about you. But uh, sometimes my living sacrifice wants to crawl off the altar. Yes. Yes. You know, sometimes it's easier to, to or it used to be, it used, it used to be easier to tell a lie than it would be to tell the truth. Right. That's your, that's your, that, that's your body wanting to crawl off the altar. That's good word. That's good word. You know, if somebody slaps you or talks bad about you, you want to reciprocate. Yep. Yeah. You know, but we don't do that. We just love them and pray for them. Amen? Because we know where it's coming from. You know, the devil doesn't like you, and and the devil will use people just like he God uses you. The devil will use people to say bad things. I mean, we've been running down the road and, and never even seen people before, and sometimes they give us a vulgar hand signal. You know, somebody might say they flip you off. <laughs> Most people don't know us, but the devil in them does. He doesn't like what we're doing. The devil doesn't like what you're doing. If you're doing something for God. If you're not doing anything for God, then there's no threat to him. But once you start learning the word of God, once you begin to start renewing your mind, once you begin to, this walk of faith and, and, and start being effective for the kingdom of God, you're also, uh, being, uh, Destroying the works of the devil because you're setting people free. When you start telling people what you know, that's what church is all about. You come in here and you get trained, you learn the word of God so you can go out there and help others that was in the same shape that you used to be in. Amen? Verse 2. He says, but do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, not removing, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, there's a progression. As you begin to renew your mind, as you begin this new life of faith, you, you, you start out in, in the good will of God. And as you begin to walk, it's just like naturally, you know, but children, when they're two and three years old, if they fall down on the floor, you don't you don't reprimand them or spank them. Say, dummy, why don't you walk? 
you, you ought to be able to walk by now. You're, you're two years old or whatever. You know, naturally, we grow up and we have to learn things. Physically, we grow and we, we learn to walk. Then we learn to run and then the natural cycle of life. And then we come into the acceptable will of God. Now, years ago, I used to get away with some stuff. What I mean by that is not obeying God like I really should. But now, I can't get away from that. I mean, you know, we're riding down the road this morning. Pastor mentioned it. And uh, on the inside, we saw an accident. There was about 15, maybe 20 bikers. And some uh, they were headed down the road this way, and we were headed this way. And, and there was some ambulances and stuff. And on the inside, pull over and pray for that guy. And I just met, dismissed it. And thank God for a good wife. She says, we ought to pray for them. Well, I didn't argue, man. I knew. You know. <laughs> thank God. You know, us men, we got two Holy Ghosts. One's a spirit and one lives with us all the time. Well, the Holy Ghost lives with us all the time but in physical form. So we just pulled over and I, I went, we went across the road there. and There was uh, about eight or ten of those bikers standing around. I said, look. I said, we're riding down the road. We're going to a meeting this morning. But the Holy Spirit prompted us to stop and pray for your friend. Is it all right? And about four or five of them said, yeah. And so I just got down there. And Angela was backing me up. I just got down there and laid my hands on that guy's leg. They were putting him on a body board. And I, I kept, don't even remember what I said. But I prayed about the power of God flowing in his body and him being healed. And he had come out of this all right. His bike was in about three different pieces. Nice bike. It was dressed. But see, I can't get away with the, the acceptable will of God anymore. I, we've, uh, I'm old enough now. Uh, as a matter of fact, July 6, 1983, I'll be 40 years in this. Thank God. God is so good. And, and I'm learning, learning things all the time. So you don't ever want to get to the point where you think you know it all. Come on. You always, you could, there's always a capacity to know more about God. Just like the angels in heaven. You know, the, there's a bunch of angels up there and they, they say, holy, holy, holy. And then all of a sudden God reveals them a different aspect of himself and they fall down and they cry out again, holy, holy, holy. They're going to be doing that throughout eternity. But we want to live in the perfect will of God. I got one amen. I said, we want to live in the perfect will of God. And it's possible. It's impossible. So we can see in these three scriptures, we are a spirit, we have a soul. And, I mean, excuse me. We are a spirit, we live in a body, and we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. And the thing that causes us to grow is our soul. We renew our mind with the Word of God. You know, Isaiah, I read this, and I thought, gosh, you just kind of left me out, Lord. But let's just read it. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I thought, gosh, 
that just leaves me leaves me in in a very difficult position. But you know what? After I begin to learn to renew my mind, my thoughts are more in line with his thoughts now. Yeah. My ways are more in line with his ways. Yeah. There's things that I used to do I couldn't even possibly think of doing those things anymore. Yeah. I mean, even when I was a baby Christian. Our way of thinking has to change. I said our way of thinking has to change if we want to grow. Well, if we want to mature in the things of God and we want to be effective for the kingdom of God. Romans 12, 2. Let's go back there. He said, do not be conformed to this world. I like the way the Phillips translation says it. Don't let this world squeeze you into its mold and you know they're trying to they're trying to squeeze us into a mold all the time with this woke stuff you know they're trying to put this garbage on our kids you know because the world will say you know it's all right to live together if you're not married it's okay it's okay and they think we're weird if we say anything about it but it's not right, not according to the Word of God. A man and a woman cannot have relations unless they're married. In the sight of God, anything other than that is sin. And definitely a man and a man and a woman and a woman. I mean, just think about it. God, In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And naturally thinking... You know, if, if, if God had created Adam and Steve, there would have never been a human race. Because two men or two women cannot produce. No. I mean, the doctor will verify that point. Yeah. And you know, they want to tell us, well, you know, you can decide what gender you are. No. You're either a male or you're a female, and there's nothing in between. God created male and female. That's what the Bible says. That's the truth. But the devil wants us to believe lies, and he wants to get his people or uh, misinformed people to to make mock us and make fun of us if if we say anything contrary to that. But. As Christians, the Word of God has to be our final say-so. Come on now. I said the Word of God has to be our final say-so. Now, we don't condemn people that think other ways. We can pray for them and we can believe God to send laborers across their path and they can be changed. Because I used to think that way. You know, I used to have crazy thoughts. I didn't think there was anything wrong. As a matter of fact, one of my one of my big biggest places that I sold drugs was in a in a in a gay bar, and they had drag shows and all that. And I just thought it was funny, you know. But I yeah, that's that was not right. But I didn't think anything about it because I was living in the world back then. That's right. But I got sanctified and I got my mind renewed, and you know, I, that kind of stuff is not right. But God loves those people just like He loves us. You know, God loved me in the condition I was in, even when I wasn't serving Him, even when I was leading people down the wrong path. He still loved me. And He still loved all of us. 
He loves every man, woman, or child, whether they're born again or not. You cannot change God's love, but many people won't accept it. And why? Because of the way they think. Oh, this is all right. I mean, the Bible, the Bible is, is an out of date book. And it's not relevant to this day and this time. Don't let this world squeeze you into its mold. In other words, don't accept the things that this world says is okay. You know, some people say, well, talking about women. Well, it's my body. I can do what I want to. Well, what about the child on the inside of you? That's not your body. Yeah, that's murder. Exactly what it is. But it's, it, people, people want to say it's okay, you know. I can get rid of this thing. They don't even consider it a human being, but it is. Yeah, it is. It's a he or a she. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed is, uh, the word metamorphosis. And you know what a caterpillar does, don't you? The caterpillar goes through a process of metamorphosis. It spins a web around it. A, a, a worm spins, a, a caterpillar spins a, a web around itself. And then when it breaks out, what is it? A beautiful butterfly. It's totally transformed. And that's what we have to do. As, as people, we have to spin a web of God's Word around our mind and we come out like a beautiful butterfly. If we want to grow, renewing our mind is essential for Christian growth. And sometimes, like I said, our mind is, is the biggest obstacle of growing in the things of God. Our way of thinking and uh, must conform to God's way of thinking. Why? Well, let's continue reading. There in Romans 12, 2, he says that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world squeeze you in it, into its mode by the... Uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Let me read this to you out of the New Passion Translations. Uh, somebody gave me that, and man, it, it's, it's really a, a good, good translation. I believe the guy's a faith guy, and he was a missionary, and he's a Greek scholar as well. But it says, Romans 12, 2, Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful, satisfying, and perfect in His eyes. Wow. So remember, we're three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. So you get born again, and your spirit, man, is alive unto God. But you've got these other two parts that nothing was done with it. You've got an unrenewed mind and an uncontrolled body. 
And when you got the uncontrolled body and unrenewed mind working together, the spirit man might say, I want to get up at 4 o'clock and pray or worship God. And the unrenewed mind, the uncontrolled body says, no, we're going to lay here and we're going to sleep another couple hours. We're not getting up. So just shut up. But if you get the born-again spirit and the renewed mind working together, and then your spirit man says, I want to get up and pray or worship or stay up till 2 o'clock. I'm an early morning person. My wife's a late night person. It, and it says, I want to study the Word of God. I want to read the Word of God. I want to listen to another teaching that we heard that was really good, that would help me. And and uh, the body says, no, I want to lay here another 30 minutes or an hour. Well, the born-again spirit and renewed mind says, shut up, body. Get up and let's get going. Come on. Can you see this? Yeah. You've got the unrenewed mind and the uncontrolled flesh working together. That's two against one. The spirit man wants to obey God and do the things of God. It's always ready to go. It's alive under God. It wants what God wants. But you've got these other two factors holding you back. But once you renew your mind and your spirit, man, they're working together. See, you begin to think like God. You begin to talk like God. You begin to have what God wants you to have. And But the flesh, the flesh is always going to be the flesh. You know, it'll make you want to eat more. It'll make you not want to exercise. It'll, 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 it, it wants to be lazy and not do what God wants you to do. But you get these two together, the, the morning in spirit, renewed mind, it'll make the flesh shut up and let's get up or shut up and sit down. They're in control now. You used to be in, oh man, it was a battle. I'm telling you because my motto was, if it feels good, do it. But that, that, that began to change because a lot, most, most of, probably about 95% of the stuff I was doing, even when I got saved, was, wasn't in the will of God. But it had to change. I said it had to change. Now, you know, I just thank God. It, it, uh, and I'm not bragging on myself. But right here on the inside, when all that happened to me in July 6, 1983, I got, I got restored. I got healed. All, I had symptoms, headaches, and indigestion all the time, instantly healed. I could eat whatever I wanted to eat anytime I wanted to eat it. And delivered. No, no withdrawals, no more desire for drugs. I took all my drug paraphernalia. I took all my rock albums out in the backyard and I burned them. Come on. Nobody told me to do that. Come on. And you know what? That same Holy Ghost that led me to do it will lead others to do it yeah. if they'll right. just obey. Come on. I, was, I didn't want to have anything to do with the world. I wanted to burn the bridges. Yeah. That's why my friend said, we don't want Larry around. All he wants to do is talk about Jesus. Because I was so thankful. Man, I'm telling you, if, if you're bound up like I was, if you were in the shape that I was, and all of a sudden all the shackles are gone, I was free, and I wanted to do everything I could to stay free. I didn't want anything of the past to hold me back. And I didn't even know I was going to be a preacher. But I can remember, I had a Pentecostal cousin, and she used to take me, to camp meetings. And uh, 
I remember this sometime after after I began to renew my mind. She'd take me to, to along to see her friends, and and I'd hear her sometimes ask him what he wants to be when he grows up. And I said, I want to be a preacher. <laughs> my granddaddy was a preacher. My daddy's daddy. But I'd forgotten that. See, all those years of all the, that sinful living, the way I lived, and uh, walking out of the will of God, I, that totally left me. But thank God, when I began to renew my mind, those things begin to come back. And, uh, you know, God is so good. It only took me about six months or a year of renewing my mind to get rid of all that past. I mean, I still have memories. Music, man, I'm telling you, you, we can go into a restaurant and I can hear a song and I'm right back. I can remember things that I used to do. But I don't let that stay here. I'll deal with it. And if it persists, sometimes I'll speak out loud. I mean, not so that I draw attention to myself, but sometimes, no, that's not me. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Man, I tell you, I just about wore those that scripture out. Because the devil would try to to uh draw me back. Yeah. First Corinthians five seventeen and twenty one. Man, I meditated on those and I, I thought about those. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I know it's not in my notes, but we're just following the Holy Ghost. If any man Second Corinthians did I First, thank you. Say, I've got a good helper, don't I? <laughs> you know, she was my teacher in Bible school. I saw hunger for the things of God. I just married one of my teachers. <laughs> if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, not a, 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 a renewed creep. Old things are passed away. All my past was in the past, and I was going to keep it there. Come on now. You gotta keep your past in the past. Or it'll try to come back and overtake you. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And verse 21 says, He that knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. We're not all worthy, unworthy worms. We're the righteousness of God. And we're not bragging in ourselves. We're bragging in what Jesus did for us. See, you got, you got to see yourself as the righteousness of God. The ability to stand in the presence of a holy God with no guilt or condemnation. That's what righteousness is. But you'll never have that feeling until you get that junk out of your head. That you're unworthy. That you're, you're just an old sinner saved by grace. Yes, we were old sinners and we were saved by grace, but because of the blood of Jesus, it washed away our past. And when we stand in the presence of God, He doesn't see any of that junk. Now the devil wants to remind you of it. The devil wants to keep you in your past. But he can't. Unless you let him. But you know what? God can't unless you let him either. Come on, what are you going to yield your mind to? You're going to yield your mind to the way you used to think? And the things you used to do, you're going to yield your mind to the Word of God. Put the Word of God. You've got to brainwash yourself. Man, I brainwash myself. 
I'm the righteousness of God. Nobody. 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 I take the word of those scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 21. Man, I must have said them thousands of times. Because I'd get the feeling. You know, your body has feelings. But you can't be led by your feelings. I said you can't be led by your feelings. You've got to be led by the word of God. By the Holy Spirit. To be totally honest, I didn't want to get out of the car and go pray for that guy this morning. I mean, my mind didn't want me to do that. But say I got that born again spirit and the renewed mind working together. Especially when she said, we we need to pray for him. Man, there was no hesitation. We just pulled over and jumped right over there. And I didn't care who was there. I prayed out loud. I didn't pray this little old weenie prayer. I laid my hands on that guy and I prayed where everybody around, there's a couple of policemen, one of the motorcycle guys and a couple of paramedics getting that guy on the, on the, uh, on the body board. I prayed because I wanted everybody to hear, especially the guy that I was praying for. I laid my hands on nobody said nothing either. You know, and I don't care if they did because I got, I, I got permission from his buddies that were standing over there. I went to them first. You know, it's just like I told that story last night. Uh, our landlady. First, her husband, he was an atheist. And he told us that uh, that Mirka, his wife, was uh, diagnosed with cancer. And she had six months to live. And we said, can we go to the hospital and pray for her? Guess what the atheist said? Yes. He gave us permission. So we went to the hospital and we called her out of the ward with about 12 other women in there. Socialized medicine. We don't want it here. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So anyway, we came, she came out, she read Mark 16, 15 through the end of the chapter, and she says, I don't believe. We said, you don't have to believe. The Bible says believers, we're believers, we qualify. Lay hands on the sick, you're sick, you qualify. All we need is your permission. We laid hands on her, and thank God, I believe she's still alive today. See, we have authority, but we can't push our authority on anybody else. Just like God didn't push his authority on you. It was his will for you to be saved a whole lot sooner than you got saved. But you only got saved when you you allowed your will to get in line with his will, right? God won't force his will on everybody. If he did, he'd make everybody in the world get saved, and then Jesus would come and take all of us. But God created us with a free will. Amen? So, you know, when you're operating in the things of God, and you, especially if you're going to pray for somebody like that, get their permission. But if they, And if they get you... if they give you permission, then it's your faith working. That's right. It's your faith working. She didn't have to have faith. She didn't have the faith. She didn't understand. It, but it, that's what our faith is for. Not only to move mountains in our life, but mountains in other people's lives. If they'll let us. If they'll let us. But if she, if her husband or she had said, no, I don't want you to pray, then our hands are tied. See, Jesus didn't push his will on anybody either. You know, what is it, Mark 6? 
in his own hometown, could not do any mighty works because of their unbelief. And he had a cure for it. He said he went about in a circle, preaching, 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 preaching. Why was he doing that? I'm glad you asked because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He went about preaching, preaching the Word. All of us are preachers, whether you stand behind a pulpit or not. And sometimes your life is louder than your words. Yeah. Sometimes people don't want to listen to you because of the way you act. Well, anyway, I'll quit meddling. So, we got that born-again spirit and the renewed mind working together. If the body doesn't want to get in line with the Word of God, you just say, shut up and get in line. Shut up and obey us. We're going to obey God if it hell helps the devil. We're going to do what God tells us to do. But if you don't renew your mind, your unrenewed mind, your uncontrolled body is always going to keep your spirit, man, hindered. Held back from doing what God wants you to do. Your mind has to be renewed. When we're born again, if we want to mature, a battle starts. A battle starts. It's right here between our mind, between our ears. We desire all that God has and all that God has made us to be, but there's a battle that goes on. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. See, there's a battle. The flesh wants to rise its head up and do what it's always done. You know, like I said, my motto was, if it felt good, do it. But I can't get away with that anymore. I don't want to get away with that anymore. Now, sometimes my body wants to get away with stuff. You know, sickness comes. It's easy to lay down and just get sympathy from people. Instead of saying, shut up, body. Get up. By Jesus' stripes, you're healed. You're going to get up and you're going to act like you're healed because you are healed. You're not going to lay here and be sick. But sometimes our body wants to lay there and be sick because we get sympathy from others or maybe we don't want to get up and do what we should be doing. But he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down arguments or imaginations or thoughts, you cast it down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So you've got get stinking thinking. Sometimes you have, to, you have to talk to it. Sometimes your thoughts are the biggest mountain that you have to overcome. What do you say to the mountain? You say what God says. I say, you say what God says. And you know, when it comes to meditation, since God is the creator of all things, and the devil, he only is an imitator. Where do you think meditation actually came from? It didn't come from R.A. Krishna or or those those guys that sit up on top of a mountain and, oh, 
Oh, no. Meditation came from the Word of God. You go back, Joshua 1.8. The, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That you, why don't we just go there? Joshua 1.8. Come on. Come on, Bible. Give me just a second to find it myself. There it is. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, keep the word of God in your mouth. But you shall meditate in it whenever you feel like it. Huh? When? Day and night. That you may observe. See, when you meditate on the Word of God, it gives you the ability to do the Word of God. And what did James say? It's the doer of the Word that's blessed in his deeds. Because if you hear the Word and don't do the Word, he says you deceive yourself. See, it's dangerous to be in a church like this. It is. You hear a word like this, and you go out ahead and say, well, that's a good sermon, and you don't put it into practice? You're yeah, you're accountable. Come on. He said, <laughs> he said, but you shall meditate, think about it, dwell on it, in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Get this now. For then God will make your way prosperous. Huh? Is that what it says? Who will make your way prosperous? You will. How? By putting the Word of God in your mouth, in your mind, meditating. Meditation means to say it over and over and over. Just like I said, First, Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. I'm a new creature. And verse twenty one. I'm the righteousness of God. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm not that old man anymore. I don't think like that old man anymore. I don't act like that old man anymore. God says I'm a new creature. A new creature. Something that never before existed. I'm the righteousness of God. I have right standing with God. Not because of what I did, but because of what He did. It's because of His blood. And His blood has washed me clean. I'm walking in the light of God's Word. And I'm trusting in Him with all my heart. And I lean not into my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge Him. So you take the Word. I, I got a hold of a little book, Charles Capps. God's Creative Power. And he said, you need to take your gospels every day. And I, I take that little book. It took about it took about fifteen minutes to get through all the confessions. And he get, he had scriptures at the end of every confession, and all the confessions were made in the first person. Yes. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And and 
you, you meditate on the Word of God and you begin to think like that. I'm trusting in you, Father, with all my heart. And I'm lean, not leaning to my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge you. I'm a child of God. And I'm led by the Spirit of God. His Spirit bears witness with my spirit. See, the, there's so many areas in our life. If there's areas in your life that is not like you want them to be, find the Scriptures. And make first-person confessions. Put them on the refrigerator. Put them in the bathroom. Ladies can put them in the bathroom. You know, they 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 spend 15, 20 minutes, sometimes longer, making themselves look nice for us. Aren't, aren't you glad, men? We don't have to do all that stuff. But anyway, put them where you are, or, or just make a point. Of sitting down and reading them every day. Or get that little book from Charles Capps. You got it. God's Creative Power. It's a little little book about that size. White with blue letters. And he's got a couple others. For healing. For prosperity. But that's the first one I got a hold of. And I've got the last one at home. And you can't even hardly read the cover. I wore that thing out. And I took my Gospels three times a day because my mind was so messed up. I thought so wicked and, and I was so demented. But thank God the Word changed me. And it put a desire on the inside of me to learn the Word for myself. But then, you know, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is receive. But it, you've got to have something to give. Come on. See, because if in renewing your mind and in, in growing in the things of God, you grow, but then again, you then in turn, you've got something to give others. And you know, you don't necessarily have to have come from a background that somebody else came from. You know, some people might hear my testimony and say, wow, yeah, that's, a, that's a wonderful testimony. You can go preach in the prisons. I don't necessarily have to have, you don't necessarily have to have that background. To, to relate to people because you've got the author of the Bible living on the inside Amen. of you. Come on now. You've got the great and mighty Holy Spirit and He said, don't you be concerned what to say. Many times I get up to preach and I just wonder what in the world am I going to say. But I get going, that anointing going, and I say things that surprise me. I mean, a lot of my notes are because I've said something by the Holy Ghost and it was so good that I had to write it down. (laughs) And it'll be that way with you. I mean, God will use you just like He uses us. You may not get a pulpit, but you've got a pulpit. Wherever you go, you've got a pulpit and you can help others that are in the same situation that you were in. So He said... Let me go back and let's read it again. This book of the law, we're in um, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. See, meditation gives you the ability to be a doer of the word. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It didn't say God will make your way prosperous, but it is God. Come on now, because it's His Word. It got in your mind. It came out of your mouth. It's in your heart. 
And Paul says the word of faith which we preach. If you're preaching the word of God, you're preaching the word of faith. And, and when you're sharing things with people, it will put faith into them. Because the word of God has that ability. The word of God's like a seed. And whatever you plant in people, then they have the ability to receive that seed. And then that crop will grow up if they do what I'm talking about this morning. Take it and make it theirs. Get rid of the stinking thinking. Get rid of the ways that you used to think by meditating on the Word of God. Uh, let's see, when was it? January, or maybe toward the end. No, it was the end of 20, 2020. I got an evil report because I go to the doctor. My, uh, my insurance pays for a physical, and uh, my PSA count was up. That's that's the count uh, that uh, in that the for the prostate and uh, it, anything above four it it begins to be you need to be watching it and uh, it went to it was about a four point five and the doctor says well that 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 indicates that you got cancer so then they took a biopsy. And they found, they took 12 biopsies out of my prostate and out of those three areas, uh, they, they said that it was cancerous. And then they did a ultrasound or a MRI and it showed the same thing, that it was cancer. Well, I didn't want to really do anything about it. I was just believing God that I'd take care of it with my faith. But the PSA count get, kept getting higher and higher, and higher. And finally, a doctor told me, and I'm confessing the word, and I'll tell you in a minute what I was confessing. Uh, he says, well, we really need to do something. He said, there's, there's two things we can do. We can, uh, you can have a surgery and totally take it out and because the cancer was centralized in the prostate. But if you do that... Uh, uh, you lose a lot of functions as a man if you remove the prostate. So, and he says the other uh, alternative was to have radiation. So we prayed about it for a while, and it just seemed good that I do that. You know, thank God for doctors. Doctors are not our enemy. Amen? Where do you think the doctors... And all the technicians and all the medical field got the wisdom that they have to help people. It wasn't from the devil, because we already seen from the beginning in John 10, 10, the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He, he's not about helping people. Come on now. He's not about helping people in any form or fashion. So anyway, uh, right before I started radiation, he, he said, you got a choice. You can do 40 days, 40 treatments, or you can do 28 treatments. And he said with uh, what you have, he said, you could probably do the 28 days, but I've got to be at home five days a week, and it takes 15 minutes a session. And uh, But right before I started treatments, uh, I had another blood test, and the, the PSA count had dropped. 
Well, I, you know, and I thought, well, you know what? It's dropping. I'm just going to stick with this, and I'm going to continue to see that drop. I'm going to continue to see my faith work. But I had peace about having the radiation treatments. So long story short, we we went through that whole process, and and I'm laying there uh, on that machine receiving the treatment, and it focalized on, on the area here, you know. And uh, so I'm laying there. It only took 15 minutes once they got me situated and got everything in line. And uh, I'm hearing that machine, you know, was kind of making a noise, and the technicians, they went around to watch me on the screen, on the computer screen. And uh, so I'm laying there. The Bible says Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. And so I'm laying there and I'm saying, thank you, Father, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. See, because my mind's renewed. And really, I was not in fear but one day out of this whole process. But thank God it was because I had renewed my mind. I knew Jesus had already paid for my healing. I knew that by his stripes I was healed. I knew that that was... That was not a promise. That's a fact. And so I'm laying there on the table and I'm saying, thank you, Father. I'm redeemed from the curse. Cancer's under the curse. I'm cancer free. And then in Revelation, it says they overcame him, talking about the devil. And the devil is the author of sickness. The devil is the author of cancer. I'm redeemed. um, Thank you, Father. I overcame cancer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And so I'm saying it. Thank you, Father. I overcame cancer by the blood of the Lamb, word of my testimony, and anything else that rose up in my heart. I'm laying there. I'm saying that. I even said, "Thank you, Father. I'm just like the three Hebrew children. I go through the fire, and I'm not going to smell of smoke." And I, because I, I've taken time all these years to put this on the inside of me to renew my mind. And so there really wasn't a battle. I won the battle years ago. Come on. I won the battle years ago. But, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm human just like you are. I, I have one bad day where fear tried to grip me and tried to get me to accept that cancer. But anyway, long story short, uh, the doctor told me, because I went to two different doctors, uh, a radiologist, uh, radiologist, oncologist, and then I was going to another oncologist. Urologist. And so it, the, the, the guy that was doing the treatments, uh, he told me at the end of my treatment, which is at the end of January, he said it would probably take six to eight months for me to see any results of the drop in the PSA count, which, you know, that indicated the the amount of cancer that was there. And so um, two months later, was it was sometime around the 1st of March, I went to the other guy and I had a PSA count and it was down to 1.8. Which is well below the acceptable uh, count. And and I was supposed to have uh, another appointment right before this trip, but the doctor was performing some surgeries, so they put me off until I think it's toward the end of June. Sometime. 
or first part of July. But anyway, I expect to go back and it'd be zero. But it was because I had meditated so long on so many different scriptures that I had peace in my mind. You know, the Bible says the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Because a lot of people get get the uh, uh, diagnosis of cancer and they just go bonkers. I mean, they they just already start making funeral arrangements. I'm so glad that Jesus has already taken care of everything. But see, we we've got to be we've got to think like Him. You think. You think Jesus ever got a, a, a bad report on, about somebody and says, Oh my God, what are we going to do about this, Father? No, He already knew what His mission was. Because He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty those that are bruised. He knew what his mission was. He knew he came. And just think about this. The Garden of Gethsemane. My, my, my. Uh, we, we got to go. Angela mentioned that. Uh, we were in that place where they believe is the Garden of Gethsemane, and it just hit me. The, the most important decision that's ever been made On this earth was made right there. And even he had a little bit of a struggle. I mean, he's the perfect will of God and he still had a little. So don't think it strange if something attacks you and you have a little bit of a struggle. Because he says, he cried out three times. He said, if if there's any other way, hey, Dad, you know, hey, you got another solution? If there's any other way, but but he said, not my will. And see, that's got to be our heart's cry. Not our will, but his will be done. And thank God, he yielded himself. And, just, and that was a horrible death. Horrible death. I mean, all the beatings, if you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ, you ought to buy that DVD or watch it on the internet. Man, I'm telling you, they beat him. He looked like he probably looked like a raw piece of hamburger meat hanging on that cross, and he did it for you and for me. That's right. That's right. They beat him unmercifully, and he did it for us. And if he paid such a great price, we ought to not let anything get on us or stay on us. But the the battle has to be won here. And let me just tell you this. If if you begin this, you start meditating on the Word of God, maybe maybe it it'll it'll seem so foreign to you, but if you'll just say it enough. I said if you'll just say it enough, you'll begin to believe it. And then when you begin to say it because you believe it, man, that's when things really goes into action. I mean, just say it, whether you believe it or not, because faith comes by hearing. And you know what? You're going to hear, you're going to believe your voice 
more than you believe mine. Or more than you believe your pastors. Meditation is essential if you want to be a strong Christian. If you want to have what God wants you to have. Meditation. Speaking the word. And you know, you don't have to scream it. Just like I said, when I'm laying on that table, I'm just quietly. Thank you, Father. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I said it loud enough so I could hear it. I didn't say it eternally. Internally. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Cancer's under the curse. I'm redeemed from cancer. I'm cancer free. I overcame cancer by the blood of the Lamb. Word of my testimony, I'm cancer free. And I still keep that confession. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's certain things. Angela will tell you, I do all my confessions when I'm in the shower. Unless I'm prompted or I'm praising God or doing something else, getting ready for meetings. But I've, I've got a whole list of stuff that I talk about. I talk about finances. I talk about my hair, my eyes. You know, the hairs of a head are numbered. And I say they're many and plentiful. My hair doesn't turn loose and doesn't turn gray. And I just turned 70. My mom is, was almost bald. My daddy was almost bald. My, my brother's he's three years younger. He's got a spot right here on top of his head. Because I used to say, I'm going to be bald by the time I'm 30. And then I got, then I got sense. But put the word of God in your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you meditate in it day and night. Not when things are going good. Or don't do it as an emergency thing. You know. I've been saying those, a lot of scriptures. Uh, I, this was my confession about, uh, Healing. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of law. Every organ, every tissue, every muscle, every function, every system, every cell, every membrane in my body functions in the perfection which God created to function. And I forbid any malfunction, abnormality, or growth. And I added any form of cancer in my body in Jesus' name. I've been saying that for years. Years. And it came out of Charles Capps' little book. There's lots of stuff. You know, as far as being led of the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm, I'm your sheep and I hear your voice and the voice of a stranger. I'm not, I will not follow. I'm your child and I'm led of your spirit. Your spirit bears witness with my spirit of, about being born again. And it, that's the most important thing. So if his spirit will bear witness with your spirit about being born again, he'll, he'll bear witness with your spirit concerning anything. All the little stuff and all the big stuff. He wants to lead us. Not just for our own life, but for others. You know, I don't know if I'll ever hear a report <clears throat> about that biker, but I believe that uh, we'll find out one way or another. But you know, you may come up, you may be in a situation where you have an opportunity to minister to someone. But... Listen on the inside. But it, but renewing your mind gives you the ability to obey. You can listen on the inside and not be obedient. I got one amen. I said you can listen on the inside and not be obedient. But we want to be obedient, don't we? 
You know, if we don't keep our thoughts captive, our thoughts will keep us captive. If we don't keep our thoughts captive, our thoughts will keep us captive. Brother Hagen used to say this, thoughts are like birds. You can't keep them from flying over your head, but you can certainly keep them from building a nest in your hair. And sometimes you have to you have to speak to your thoughts. Yes. What do you speak to your thoughts? Well, I'm glad you asked. You speak the Word of God. Yes. Yes. Find Scripture. If you don't know Scripture, your pastors can help you. And I mean, any kind of Bible program these days, my goodness, it's just so easy to study the Word of God today. You don't have to have a stack of reference tools. You can, you can download it on your phone. But meditation is the key of living a victorious Christian life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Where'd the keyboard lady go? What's the deal with your hand there? Come here, baby. Let's... Is it the right? In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We speak to the root of this and we forbid it to function any longer. No more. <clears throat> no more. Yeah. Command those passageways to widen in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The anointing. <clears throat> working at the root. Working at the root of this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. What's going on with you, ma'am? Oh, I'm doing better. You're doing better. Can we minister to you? Okay. Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for our sister. We thank you for the anointing that causes her to be mobile. Mobile. Thank you, Father. We thank you that anointing is working in her body, strengthening her, strengthening her. And we thank you. Thank you for perfect balance, Lord, as she walks. We thank you for muscles to be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Out of her joints. Thank you, Lord. Your anointing working in her. Your anointing working in her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, if you'll be just be led by compassion, you don't necessarily have to have the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I didn't necessarily have any definite leading. Just, just compassion when we encounter people. Now, thank God for the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. But, I mean, we've got a sure word, Mark 16. If you're believers... The Bible says you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. 
Sometimes that's instantaneous. Sometimes it's it's a process. But and and that's something that I've meditated on all these years. In John fourteen twelve, you know, as far as working with people and 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 delivering healing to them. John fourteen twelve says, "If you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father." That Mark sixteen where it says, "Like believers lay hands on the sick." Well, I'm a minister, but I'm I'm a believer first. Actually, we're all ministers, because really, if you read verse eighteen of Second Corinthians five, it said, you know, seventeen said, "You're a, a new creature; all things have passed away." All things become new. And verse 18 talks about you're a minister of reconciliation. So we have the authority in the name of Jesus, according to the word of God, to minister to people. And what am I supposed to say? Well, if you've put the word of God on the inside of you, you'll know what to say. We don't don't pray just one prayer all the time. We listen on the inside when God speaks to us. And sometimes we'll speak to stuff we didn't even know was there. But he did. See, God wants to use us all. And, but renewing your mind, I mean, it. Oh, I just, I, I can't talk about that enough. I know that and praying in tongues and having a good wife has been such a blessing in my life. And having good pastors. I got one amen. I said, having good pastors. You know, but what if they had said no? What if they had been like Jesus? Then you might not have his church. Did you have something, sweetheart? Hmm. This is a little loud. Um, Someone has just felt like they've just been under a lot of pressure in their mind. I don't know if it's somebody here or somebody watching by internet. But you just, and I don't know if that even necessarily has to do with your present circumstances. It could. But just feeling pressure in your mind. Just thoughts and pressure. Who is that? Is that somebody here this morning? We'll come over to you. That's all right. We'll just come to you. We make house calls. (laughs) Now, Father, we just lay hands on our brother. And I say he's free from yeah. that pressure. We break it off of him right now in Jesus' name. Devil, you quit harassing him yeah. in his thoughts. You quit bringing that pressure against his mind in the name of Jesus. We declare him to be free. And, Father, we thank you that your word that he's learned will rise up in his yeah. heart and come out of his mouth when that if that pressure tries to come back. And I don't know, Lord, if he's got circumstances going on right now in his life that would tend to bring pressure. But we just thank you, Father. We release you to work in his circumstances. Thank you, Lord. Everything that that concerns him, Lord, you said in your word, you perfect everything right. that concerns him. So we thank you, Father, that you're working in his life, you're working in his circumstances, on his job. And, Father, we thank you. Uh, did we hit a nerve there? The job. Uh, okay, what's going on in the job? You don't have to tell us. Father, we thank you. You know the pressures of that job. Yeah. And in Jesus' name, whatever it is, I ask you, Father, to get involved. Get involved. Get involved, Father, where the job is concerned. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. He'll just walk right into the the provision of the Lord. (laughs) 
You'll walk right into the provision of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for abundant provision. Better than what he had envisioned. Abundant provision, Lord. Favor. Favor goes before him. Favor surrounds him. He has favor, you said in your word, with God and man. And your favor surrounds him like a shield. And so we just thank you, Lord. He's walking in that favor. That's right. He has confidence. He can present himself with confidence because he has that favor. And so we thank you, Lord. That pressure is relieved. The cause of the pressure is dealt with and fixed. And we just thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you revealed this so you could take care of it. Now we thank you, Father, for giving him peace. Giving him peace and assurance that you've gone before him. You've gone before him and you've prepared the way. All he has to do is walk into it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. One of, well, I got a bunch of favorite scriptures, but Psalms. There might one. be somebody else. Anybody else? You're, you're dealing with a lot of pressure, mental pressure. Okay. Just wanted to be sure before we moved on. Psalms 138.8 says, He perfects everything that concerns me. Man, that's a coverall. Yeah. He perfects everything that concerns me. Psalms 138.8. We use that a lot. Yeah. It applies to a lot of different circumstances. Psalm 138.8. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Or, if you're not going to be here in any of the other services, and you would like hands laid on you for healing, we'll minister. You can't come back for any other service. (laughs) (laughs) I I said you can't come back for any other service, so we'd pray for you now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they don't want prayer. (laughs) No, we don't give you that option. I'm clear that was what I had for this morning. Okay. Sometimes you lay hands on people and you just keep praying to Jesus. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Well, praise God. We overcome, we shall overcome all things. Through Christ who strengthens us. I, I want to ask a question, and I'm only asking it because I already know the answer, or I think I do. How many here bathe at least once a day? Whether bathe, shower, either. You know, I don't really need hands raised. I do. I really don't. Let me answer that, Jimmy. I'm on camera. Let me answer that. <laughs> right, because if you don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. But, but why do we do that? Because we don't want to stink bad. Oh, we don't want to stink? Okay. No, we want so, to so, so, so we, we bathe daily because we don't want to stink. Yeah. Right? How much more should we do that with our minds? Yeah. You know, the, the, in, Romans, in Romans 12 and 2, it's, it, says, it says we need to renew our minds daily. You know, we need to renew our minds with the washing of the Word. That's... Kind of a paraphrase, but yes, right. but, That's right. but yeah. so so if we because and why do we want to do that? Because if we don't, 
our, our thinking gets dirty. Our, our, our minds start to stink. You know, our thoughts start to stink. And if, if we get out of line, it, and, it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we have dirty thoughts, although some of us do. If we don't, if we don't renew, <laughs> if we don't renew our minds. Okay. But, but, it, but it means that you, you, you start to get out of alignment with the way God thinks. You know, so if we, if we renew our minds daily, we stay in alignment with the way God thinks and the things of God work in our lives. And we have, and we, and we grow our faith and we become more like Jesus. Because Jesus only spoke the words of God. And if we only, if we, if we speak the words of God, then we become more like Jesus. And that's what we're here for. Glory to God. Well, real quick, I want you to go look at, um, 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. Uh, just real quick, if they'll put this on the board. It says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering the doctrine. Now, we understand in Timothy he's talking about, he's talking in reference to ministers, but how much you know, Jesus made us all uh, a royal priesthood. We all minister. Amen. And we all need to be prepared to preach, which means to proclaim the word in season and out of season. And how you do this is you do exactly what Brother Randy, Brother, sorry, I got Brother Randy on my mind this morning. Uh, Brother Larry preached this morning was renew your mind. Meditate, meditate, get that word down in you. Meditate, meditate, be ready, be ready to give an answer. Be ready. Know what the Bible says. And, and here's the deal. I've learned this. A lot of people think that they know their Bible because their auntie or their granny told them what the Bible says, and then you find out that's not in there anywhere. So actually go get what the Bible actually says. Go see what it actually says. And one of the things that I absolutely love, and I and actually I, I stumbled upon this, and I was doing this, and I didn't even realize it. And then I heard, a, um, if you do social media, uh, Rick Renner frequently does like two minute teachings on his podcast on Facebook and different things. And he did a two minute teaching one day and I went, wow. Um, and he pointed something out here. They keep talking about Mark 16. Let's put this up on the board. Mark 16 verse, uh, let's look at it starting in verse 16. Mark 16, 16. Notice what it says. It says, he who believes, he who believes, and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So we tend to see that period and we tend to stop right there. But what, how does he start that? He who believes. If we stop right there and then we go to verse 17. He who believes, uh, these signs shall follow them that do what? Believe. Believe. If you want, uh, in my name they will cast out demons to be active in your life, you have to believe for it. If you want, they will speak with other tongues to be active in your life, you have to believe for it. If you want, what's the, the next, next one? Verse. What's the next verse? There you go. Uh, they will take they, up serpents. They will take up serpents. That means if you want to be able to put the devil on the run. That's what it's talking about. It doesn't, listen... I do not want to believe for handling physical serpents. I am the first one on the six-foot invisible chair. My husband and my mom will both testify. There's a snake. I'm getting the gun. Done. I'm getting the gun. 
forget the shovel, forget the hoe, get the gun. Okay? So this is not physical serpents. This is spiritual enemies. So if you want to have, if you want to tread over them and have authority over them and your authority to work over them, you have to believe in the name of Jesus. If you want, if you're going to, uh, if you accidentally drink, eat, drink or accidentally eat or drink something that you shouldn't, or actually what this scripture has to do with is when you're out traveling, no harm will come to you. No harm, because when they traveled in their day, it was dangerous. And, and, you know, these guys just got back from Poland, you know, that's, that kind of the, that side of the world is, uh, not real safe all, everywhere. How much you know? You want God's protection everywhere you go. You have to believe for that. But, and then it says, um, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I remember when I first got a hold of this verse, I used to walk around. And God's been dealing with me about this. He, cause God said, you've not been confessing like you used to. And I was like, oh, because I was complaining that I didn't walk in. Because I was complaining. I was like, God, your power's on the earth. Why is it? does it not seem to be as active as it used to be? And he said, because you don't confess. He said, you're not working it. And I went, oh. But how much you know? He's trying to help me. And uh, he said, you've not been working it. And, he, and then he reminded me. He said, you used to walk around saying. He said, you used to, he said, you started with, I lay hands on the sick and they do recover. I lay hands on the sick and they do recover. I lay hands on the sick and they do recover. And I've seen the biggest healing miracles when I was, uh, when I was a person sitting in the pew than I've ever seen as a pastor. It was when I was just a person in the pews that God said, I want you to go pray for this person in Kentucky that had a less than a week to live. And I went and I prayed and I had never met her before. I just had a supernatural connection through my dad, and I went and prayed. And uh, one week later, she was 100% cancer-free. 100% cancer-free. Went to another man here over in Marble. Uh, we were asked to go, and I said, and Mom and I, I said, I, I don't have a message to go from the Lord, but we know what the Word says. And so we, because they had heard, and so we went. And I'm telling you, about four times while I was there teaching them, I thought, I looked at Mom and I, and I whispered to her, Is he dead? I mean, he was bad. And uh, and we walked out of there, and she, I said, you feel anything? She said, no. I said, she said, did you feel anything? And I said, no, it was dead in there in more than one way. It felt like we didn't feel a thing. Didn't feel a thing. And I said, more than likely, before we even get to the end of the road, they're going to call the, the funeral home and come get this guy. He was that bad. We found out a week later, and the Lord had given me a word, uh, that he had unforgiveness in his life. So I found out a couple days later, he got himself up off his bed, and he went to his church, Baptist church. He went to his Baptist church, and he showed him in the scriptures where if they anointed him with oil and prayed for him that he'd be healed, because we went over that scripture with him. And uh, he said, he said I had uh, unforgiveness in my heart towards a bunch of people, but I've forgiven them. And so now I know if you'll lay hands on, on if you'll anoint me with oil and pray, I know that I'll be healed, and they anointed him with oil, and they prayed. And that man's still alive today, as far as I know. As far as I know, he's still alive today. I hadn't heard anything different. Then they sent. Then the Lord sent us, and this is it. I'm, I was a person just like you, sitting there listening to sermons just like you. Another time, the Lord sent us to a gentleman who was getting ready, who had just had heart surgery, and uh, he got a staph infection in his heart. And the Lord told us to go and pray, and so we went. And uh, we walked in the door, and we said, well, we're here to pray. And I thought, oh, Lord, I don't know how this is going to go. We just shared what we knew, 
from studying on healing. Just shared what we knew, laid hands on them, told them we were going to pray in tongues, told them we were going to take authority over the devil and over the sickness and all this crazy stuff. And he just looked at us with big eyes but said, okay. And we laid hands on him and prayed. And that time I did feel the power of God go in. He felt the power of God go in. And he didn't have one single problem. Came out of the hospital, what, a week later from a staph infection? He still sees mom around town from time to time and says, there's my Savior. And every time she'll say, no, I'm not. He goes, I know Jesus did it. (laughs) Every time. And then we had another one. uh, It was actually my dad. And now you can't hold my dad down to talk to him for anything unless he's in the hospital bed. So he was in the hospital bed, and I took the 101 healing scriptures, and I sat down. I said, well, you can't get away, so just sit there and listen. (laughs) I did. I did. I said, just sit there and listen. And about halfway through, he started talking. I said, no, I told you to listen. And I was just, and they come in to wheel him to surgery. Listen, his carotid arteries, one was 99% blocked. They said it's like if you take a water balloon and you have to put a little pressure on it to get it to squirt a little out. They said that's what that one car artery was like. The other one was, I think, 97% blocked. And uh, so this was a big surgery. And I, and I laid hands on them and I prayed for them. And then they, the nurses all come in and they said, I got done reading. And they put them on the gurney to take them. I had to catch them in the hallway. And I said, stop, stop. They said, well, I said, I ain't prayed yet. They said, wasn't that what you were doing? I said, no, I was just reading scriptures. Oh, okay. So right there in the hallway, I laid my hands on him and prayed over him. And he, I didn't feel anything, but he felt the prayer of God go into him. And he started wailing and crying and going, that's the most powerful prayer ever. He started pointing at doctors and nurses and saying, let her, let her pray over you. Let her pray over you. Let her pray over you. And I said, Dad, stop it. You're going to surgery. He come out of that surgery. I'm telling you what, they brought us what they took out of his artery. And if you ever, you know, have you ever taken a straw and kind of twisted it? Well, that's what it looked like. It looked like somebody taking a straw and filled it with goo and twisted it, and then that goo got hard. And that's what they pulled out of his artery. They brought us both samples of it, and it was all nicotine from him working the nicotine fields when he was a kid. Or the tobacco fields. (laughs) It was the nicotine. He had never smoked, at least not cigarettes anyways. And uh, (laughs) in any case, he knows. He knows. He knows. Hopefully he's listening. He knows. (laughs) We know. Any case, but how much you know? God's hand was there, and I, I, and I was not a preacher. I was not a minister of the gospel. I was a person in the pews, just like you. But I walked around saying all the time, "I lay hands on the sick, and they do recover. I lay hands on the sick, and they do recover. I lay hands on the sick, and they do recover." What was I doing? I was renewing my mind and getting in agreement with God. And you can do the same thing. Yep. You can do exactly the same thing. And, uh, and and you know what? That's how the harvest is going to come in. That is how the harvest is coming in. That's how it's happening. I got one more little thing. We're going to get ready to do our tithes and offerings, and the Lord showed me this. Um, I'm so pleased to, uh, I'm going to brag on our people. Um, Brother Larry, Miss Angela, our people, uh, our church has a 100% tithing and giving rate. 100% every person. And I just that's just the goodness of God. So we honestly don't have to share with you guys a lot because you know it's your responsibility to take care of the kingdom of God and that God takes care of you and you know you've got tithers rights. But I want to share this with you out of Matthew uh, chapter 10. This is when Jesus sends his disciples out. 
And uh, you're the anointed reader. Why don't you just read? <laughs> okay. You just you, it, you, we all know it lands different when he reads it than when I do. We'll start in verse five right here, and uh, we'll go right here to verse ten. All right. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, "Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and unto any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." And go, and as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely have ye received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. How much do you know uh, Brother Larry and Sister Angela are worth, they're worth our finances. They're worthy to be taken care of by the church. So uh, we're going to take up an offering for them. Uh, if you did bring your tithe, just mark it as so. But everything that comes in the offering this morning, actually in every service they're in, uh, is going directly to them, going directly to them. Uh, and uh, so if you're making out checks, just make them out to DHM or Disciples House. And if at the end of the meeting, we'll give them one, one solid check. The ushers will come if you want to pray and yep. bless. Well, Lord, we thank you for this word today. We thank you that it falls on good ground and that it will grow and bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with. Lord, we know that, 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 that it's your will that we share with all those we come in contact with, and we do. Lord, we just love you, and we want to see your work done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. So we give into your kingdom. We give generously with a, with a joyful heart because of all that you've given to us and without, any, without any reservation. Lord, we know that, you're, that, that we are your favorites because you laid your life down for us. We know that you are... Who would, who would do that, Lord? You would. And you gave, you gave your all, you, gave, you laid it all down, knowing that we weren't worthy. Lord, we just, we, just, we just love you and we want to give unto your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that you will bless this offering and make it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or thank towards the doing of your work. Lord, we ask that you bless us, that we can be an even bigger blessing. Lord, we, just, we love you and we thank you. And Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, or destroy. This word is planted firmly in good ground. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Satan, take your hands off the money. Take your hands off of the finances of every person, off of Brother Larry and Miss Angela. Father, we thank you. Satan, we command you to not only uh, take your hands off of it, but release it, let it go. We command the angels to go get the finances and cause it to come, cause favor to go everywhere they go. And, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you that the word is true and the word is continually working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Father, we thank you for seed to sow. You serve the people, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Glory to God. Um, don't forget to take part of uh, Miss.